Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons podcast. Neats, that was a pretty exciting win, but to be honest, I've become a little bit jaded with the Ds recently, and I wasn't celebrating the way I normally would. How are you feeling? You know, it was actually a great game of football, which can't necessarily be said for a lot of our games this year, don't you think? Like, yeah. we've had some pretty sh- pretty bad losses and, and just really scrappy, awful games to watch. And Might that's have been probably, the game of the year. It really probably was, honestly. Like, it was great. Um, some great goals, um, obviously very close at the end there. Look, I, I thought it was really – I thought it was a great game. I was happy we got the win. It's nice to know we're still in contention. But, you know, it still feels like finals is, is probably going to be a long shot. Yeah, I mean, look, you have to say the team showed a lot of heart because they'd been absolutely shredded by all of us. And to come back and win that game was something. Though I have to say, G- GWS looked pretty mediocre to me. I don't know how you, what you thought. Yeah, terrible. And I think, you know, the real question is, is this 2017 all over again? We miss out just um, in a season of what-ifs, really. I mean, if we just beaten Fremantle or Sydney, either one of those teams were in the finals already. So it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's super frustrating. But look, I do think we have a shot at finals, bizarrely. Um, we, we're going to talk about this later. But I I don't think the Western Bulldogs will lose. But it's very possible St Kilda will lose to GWS, right? Yeah, and that's the result that we're really cheering for. Um, sorry to our token St Kilda friend. Who well, you apologize uh, to St Kilda. I know, I'm not, I don't know why I'm apologizing There'd to Josh Singer. It'd be nothing more sweet than It'd be so sweet. St Kilda for that last spot. Incredible. But when we they've do- clearly deserved it way more than us this year. Yeah. Right, but we do really need to beat Essendon. I mean, let's not try and get too yeah. ahead of ourselves. We need to beat them here. by a solid margin, don't yeah, we? Yeah, it's going to be hard. So, look, it's probably going to be a bit of an uphill battle, but... um. You know, I mean, it was a nice it was a nice game to watch, I guess, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, look, I really thought that they were going to overrun us in the last quarter. Um, so, they fought hard. A lot of our fringe players did pretty well. I mean, you know, the, the Spargos of the world, Oscar Baker. His Spargo really has um, come into some form this year, which is good to see. Um, we have to discuss the hero, though, Trent Rivers. Mm. Pick 32 in last year's draft. You have not stopped talking about this. Draft. I love Rivers. Yeah. He is He's a bit awesome. of a roost as well, isn't he's he? A he's jet. kind of got it all, doesn't he? He's just he a really jet. has it all. He's amazing. Um, I'm just so impressed. I'm impressed with his poise. I'm impressed with his class. I'm impressed with um, just everything, you know. He's a good mark. I, I just – he makes great decisions. I'm just so impressed. I have two questions for you, Needs. Number one, do you think Rivers could be our solution on the wing? Yeah, I actually was thinking about that, and I and I think we need to give it a try because right now he's sort of playing half back, but he's quite quick. He's a he's a good kick and a good user. So I think absolutely, I quite liked it when they tried him in the midfield. I mean, mm. his confidence is sky high at the moment. Let's just try him everywhere. Yeah, and he was bobbing up up forward, and he made an interesting point. I think in the post game comments where he said his defensive work isn't that amazing. Which makes me think maybe he's been weirdly pigeonholed as a defender for no real reason. And actually, he could be more of a midfield option in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. And Stephen May did say that he really needed to work on some defensive elements of his game, which I really liked May saying that that was something he was really working with him on. But yeah, absolutely. I think that he's he's just a good decision maker. And we've been trying to buy a winger from various places, which is why we ended up spending all that money on Tomlinson. But Mm. maybe Rivers is the answer. Well, maybe. And second question for you. Okay, it's 2025, right? Five years from now. 
You have this draft class of Cozzy, Luke Jackson, and Trent Rivers. Who is the best player? I think I think Luke Jackson. I, I still think that Luke Jackson will sort of fundamentally change the way in which the ruck <laughs> role is played. <laughs> this came from the girl who hated Luke Jackson, was like yeah. questioning his well, you, recruitment. You still thought that he would change the way the ruck role was played, <laughs> just just for the worst, right? Yeah. Honestly, no. I I do think Luke Jackson will be the best, and I and I say that just because. You watch him play and you do see something very, very special. Like the way that he moves is like the bond. He's an incredible kick and he's just so tall and athletic. Um, so I just think he's a really special player. I think Cozzy will obviously be, um, you know, hopefully he will become this incredible small forward that we've been crying out for. But I do think Trent Rivers could very much be the, the most consistent of them all. Yeah, it's shaping up like that. And Cozzy's a really interesting one because he's had such a up and down season, which is very predictable for a young small forward. But you know, I don't remember players like Charlie Cameron doing a huge amount in their first year or two. No, of course not. He's and, definitely young. And, we can't and the be glimpses he's shown are so exciting. I mean, he just he isn't quite finishing, but he's getting in these positions that look brilliant. And look, at the end of the day, the test for a small forward is how good is their finishing. But I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if he's the best after all that. Yeah, absolutely. And it would be amazing for Melbourne supporters if he was, wouldn't it? I mean, mm. what a highlight reel that will be. But yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I still think that Luke Jackson probably just – I don't, just because of his height and because mm. of his mobility and athleticism and agility, like it's it's really quite a rare thing to see someone move that well and kick that well for that height. Such a credit to Jason Taylor again, right? As we've discussed previously on the podcast, you know, absolutely nailed that draft. Killed it, yeah. yeah. This might be another question for you. Can you think of a better draft that Melbourne has had in terms of the quality across the picks? Yeah, no, not yeah. at all, actually. No. Someone can send us in a message if they can think of one, but just across the picks. And obviously, it's one year in, and this is classic Melbourne talk, you know, 15 rounds into one season. But anyway, <laughs> will indulge me. Okay, so let's talk about some other players from the game. So Stephen May, amazing again, really. Mm. He really was just intercepting everything and standing up. Yeah, and they seem to be rotating players on Cameron a little bit. I mean, Joel Smith spent a fair bit of time on him, but May was near him as well. And they did a pretty good job, the defense in general. I mean, they, we lost the inside 50s by 13 uh, and still won the game, which suggests the defense did well. I wasn't sold on Lever's game. Me neither. And, he, you know, I think he had a couple of unfortunate moments with a couple of marks that weren't paid or maybe like a free kick that wasn't paid. But, you know, I, I agree. And a couple that were just dropped. I, I yeah. agree with that. No, definitely. Ed Langdon, though, hmm. um, what a player he is becoming. I mean, obviously, he might have given away a 50-meter penalty at the end there. but uh, To Whitfield. To Whitfield. But I tell you what, that guy will just run and run and run and run and run. Yeah, he's... he's- Got fan favorite written all over him, doesn't he? Because he just does the the team things he all the time. Just works so hard. I mean, look, yeah. obviously, I still he am dubious. The ball, but he does, but you just can't question his endeavor. He really yeah. just tries so hard. Absolutely, he's playing his role. He's working his absolute guts out, and he's getting better as the season goes on, which I think shows how good his endurance is. Right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to some of the key questions of the week. So, Kieran, what is the solution to our small forward troubles? Well. We might have seen it this week, right, with Spargo and, and Cozzy. Though, to be honest, with our small forwards, we've so often had, you know, one player playing well one week and then doing nothing for a few weeks. I mean, it was only a few weeks ago that Cozzy, I think, had a great game and then vanished after that. So, time will and tell. And same with Spargo. Same with Spargo, same with Hannon, same with, uh, you know, Neil Bullen. All these players have had their moments. Uh, and there's probably others that I can't, can't think of immediately. But... Look, I am liking Spargo's kind of precise kicking. Um, he's looking very tidy, isn't he? So, time will tell, but he's looking pretty good. 
And Kazi, I think Kazi, we're just going to keep playing. You know, he's going to have a few games where he does absolutely nothing, but we can all see the potential. And his ceiling is so much higher than any of the other small forwards we have. I agree. And I think, look, I mean, I like that he was getting touches in the first quarter. I think that that's really crucial. Otherwise, it can just feel like he's completely absent. Um, but sometimes what he does do, I mean, when he set up that goal to Spargo in the first quarter, it looked great. And so we just need more of that. But, um, True. By the way, what about the Herald Suns best this week? Did you see that? They had, no. they had Cozzy as the best player on the ground. No. Absurd. That just shows that they did not watch the game. That was ridiculous. They probably just watched the highlights. It looked great in the highlights. Yeah. 100%. But no, but, yeah. you know, I think that I agree. I just think we need to persevere with him given mm. how talented he is. Yeah. Um, Do you think Hannon is done for? I love Hannon, but he seems to just be on the fringes. He's he? too flaky, you know, and I and I get that like these other players are also flaky, but Hannon really disappears, and and I think that, that he, Hannon doesn't have age on his side. To be perfectly honest with you, how old is Hannon? Well, he's just a bit older, and I don't think he's as talented. He's not a weary old man, is no, he like twenty five or something? <laughs> I would write off old man Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a little bit harsh. Um, and then Neil Bullen, of course, seems to have solidified his spot, which I'm sure you're delighted about, Nitz. What did you think of the golf <laughs> celebration? Oh, you hated the golf celebration. You got so mad at that point, even though he just kicked a goal. I thought it was all right. Well, what's yeah, wrong with it? It's okay. Yeah. Why not? It's he, okay. Look, he's kicked a, kicked a couple of nice goals the last couple of weeks, um, Neil Bullen. So he's, he's had his <laughs> seven touches and so on. Um, bigger question for you, Nitz. Much more fundamental. Well, no, I want to ask you about one other player. Oh, yes. Oscar Baker. Oh, yes. What did we think of Oscar Baker's game? Oscar Baker was I was stunned. I was completely stunned. The Ginger Ninja was fantastic. I did not expect the Ginger Ninja (laughs) to be kicking two crucial goals. Yeah. um, Clutch, really, and also just great finishes. He's such a throwback player, isn't he? He looks like, I don't know if it's 70s or 80s. I could see him in the Lycra. Does he remind you of Sam Lee's? No, Sam Lee's had kind of shorter hair. He's just got this real kind of wild... Mane of red hair, <laughs> blood red hair. Do you like the ginger and ninja? What are your general feelings on gingers? Um, usually somewhat skeptical, but <laughs> this particular ginger is, is winning me over because um, he looked all right all around the ground. And it's incredible because last week he played one of the worst games you could ever see. <laughs> play. Um, and he hasn't really shown anything in any of his other games, to be honest, but good for the ginger ninja Does because that- <laughs> he's meant to be this exciting winger, right? Yeah, and look, I mean, he started to show that. Has he earned himself another contract? What, based on one game and yeah. two, like, snaps that maybe just hit the right part of the boot or something? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, look, if he plays well this week, yeah. Give him so. another go. Give him another go. Okay. He's a ginger ninja. He's, he can't get rid of that guy too easily. Um, and he's probably the winner of the Rowan Bale Award this week for most underrated performance. Though I want to put in a candidate of my now favorite player who's taken over from Ped, Mitch Brown. What a excellent performance from Mitch Graham. Really? How many goals did he kick, Kieran? Look, it's not about the statistics of Mitch <laughs> Brown. It's, it's about his movement. He had uh, 13 possessions and seven marks. And That's mi- pretty good. You might have noticed he was really roaming up and down the ground. To be no, honest, he, he was. He was working very hard. You have he's to just say. doing everything right. And he, to be honest, I was watching him and I was like, this is what I want T-Mac to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're not kicking goals, just roam around, you know, create options. And he used the ball pretty well. Yeah, I mean, look, he Wied- might have earned himself another contract. Well, Wiedemann really did not have a great game, and it's an interesting no. question he's where Wiedemann's—he has had a bad month. He looked like he was really on an upward trajectory, and now he's kind of just been a bit at sea for the past month. But look, look, we'll see how he goes this week against um, Hurley. But yeah, he was all at sea. But no, I especially—I mean, he was against what Lockie Keith. Yeah, he's a big dude, but it's not 
you know, he's not he's playing. He's a lot bigger though than Wiedemann. Sure, but there's a lot of better key defenders in the competition no, than Lockie absolutely. Keith. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I don't know what's going on with with uh, Wiedemann. I hope he gets it together. I still think he's had a pretty promising year. I but- think so as well. I do think he has taken a step forward, but we yeah. we need to see a bit more. I think. Um, but okay, let's talk about one of the biggest issues of the week. Jack Viney. Mm. Talk to me. Well, so the word has come out that Geelong is targeting him in free agency. Uh, and as I understand it, he'd be a restricted free agent, right? So we could match the offer and force a trade if we needed to. I don't think he'll want to go. I think Jack Viney is a real. He is out of contract and, and he hasn't resigned. He hasn't resigned, but to be honest, I think he probably was trying to boost his value through having a better year this year. And then, as you've mentioned before, the COVID freeze on contracts. I don't know if that's ended now, but it seems to have held up the whole process. I don't know if you'd read that much, but there was um, some suggestions that he was really upset about losing the captaincy. Um, what do you make of it all? You know, I guess here's my thing. I I think Jack Viney is a real heart and soul player. I think he's a real kind of warrior. There's no doubt about it. Um, I don't – look, I <sighs> – I think I would like to keep Viney for sure, but if we get a pretty good deal for it for the club, I'm not too perturbed, to be honest with you. I mean, as great a, as great a heart and soul player as he is, I do think that there is a limit on his ceiling. And I think that, you know, Lee Montagna talked about that this week and how Geelong is also targeting Brad Crouch. And, and Lee Montagna, at least, was of the view, which is Crouch probably has a bit of a higher ceiling in terms of what he can actually achieve and becoming an All-Australian and that type of thing. Viney has a... <laughs> Poor thing, his body must just be completely banged up given all of the, you know, hits he's taken over the years. And I and obviously everything with his foot and everything like that. And as much as I, I you know, it would crush me watching him play for Geelong because it's Geelong, obviously, but also just because he's such a, he's such a Melbourne institution. I, I don't know. I don't think that, as I've said to you, I, I'm not, I've lost sentimentality in terms of what can really improve this team. And I think you've got to be a bit ruthless and you've got to, you know, you've got to give something to get something. I mean, once upon a time, Port Adelaide, the idea that they would have traded Chad Wingard, who by that stage was a two-time All-Australian, legitimate gun, who had done it in finals, like, and one of the most talented players on their list, really, is the is a fact. The fact that they could have given him up, and then, but then ultimately, Porter sitting so pretty for the final series, and they got in, you know, Dersmer and Rosie and um, Ryan Burton, and sorry, they got in Ryan Burton, yeah. But then they they basically decided to head down this path and get rid of these players who once upon a time looked like they were untouchable. And keep in mind, Chad Wingard was a two-time All-Australian. Like, you know, and, and Viney's never achieved those heights. So for me, it's like I've lost a bit of sentimentality, I think, in football, and I'm I'm probably just a bit of a hard-ass. And I think, look, if we get a good enough deal, like, I'm, you know, obviously it'd be sad to see him go, but it wouldn't be – I think the club will survive, I guess is my point. The big problem, though, is if Gus also tries to leave, then I'm not sure what we're going to do about the midfield. Uh, to be clear, it's when did you lose your sentimentality? Because I think I always remember you being a hard ass. Yeah, no. Okay, <laughs> I, think I, I don't think, think this is a, a recent change. Yeah, and I, think, I, think I think members of the deluded community would be able to back me up on that. I t- I'll tell you one thing, though. I do sometimes think that when it comes to list management, we really have this incumbent incumbency bias. Like, we always prefer the devil we know to the devil we don't know. Well, not for Watson Hogan. No, not for them. That's true. But I, sorry, I'm saying we as a general kind of view, yeah. right? So no, we see course. these good yeah. players in our team and we think, wow, they're amazing. Like, you know, or yeah. they're a staple in the team and therefore they will always be a staple in the team. No, I, I understand your point. And uh, for me, it's hard though, because I do think Viney is a little bit different to a lot of our good players. Like, I just see him in a different category. Like, he's a guy that he just has to be there for Melbourne's next premiership. Like, Nick, you've got to tell me, on grand final day, Viney, for me, would be in the top, 
top four or five players picked. Right, he's an absolute animal. Can you imagine how hard he'd go in every contest? Unbelievable. Right, and there's no doubt and, about it. He and gives it's particularly it his in all. a tight contested game. Right, Vani's problem is if it's a more loose, uncontested game, his skills aren't good enough. Right, but in a super tight game where there's massive pressure. You're not going to let him go. And there's a reason that a top team like Geelong is trying to pick him up. No, definitely. And that's why I'm not eager to – to be clear, I'm not eager to lose him. Right. But but we would get – so the talk is we would get a mid-first round pick, which factoring in the compromise draft next year might presumably move into the 20s. Yeah, so that's not good enough. No way. That's not good enough at all. So we'd have to match the offer and try and get a trade. Absolutely. But But I I don't think that that's good enough. And I think, you know, hopefully Geelong will keep their paws away. But, like, I think that generally – um, well, I guess all I'm trying to say is that I really have probably gotten to the point with football where I don't think that any player is untradeable. And so mm. literally the only two players I probably wouldn't trade on our list would be Petrarca and May and three and Gorn, and that's it. Literally those are the three players who are safe. Everybody else in my view is tradable for the right player price. And yeah. obviously future, um, you know, reshaping the game, Luke Jackson. <laughs> Look, I- I'm willing to accept that. I, I just think it would have to be – a very good price for Viney and maybe even a slightly higher price than than his market value because I think his value to the club, there is a little bit of sentiment there needs. I mean, the Todd Viney connection. Of course, of course, of course. And he's just such a ruthless player. No, I, I, I think long term it'll help him not to have the captaincy. You know, yeah. such an intense cap. And he has been a bit better this year. Um, you know, he's had his he's had his downs, but I think he's been pretty solid this year. And maybe he'll get the captaincy back again. You know, he still isn't that old. Like he could get the captaincy so? cap back in a couple of years' time. Maybe. Right. You know, if Gorn gets on a bit or whatever. Yeah. Or it's not necessarily the end of his. Uh, no, but career. I do think he needs to play better individually in order to to have that captaincy role, in, you know, bestowed upon him. I mean, Gorn, you can say whatever you will. He's a three time All Australian ruckman. Like mm. he's an out and out superstar of the game, and he's very worthy of having that role. He plays well every single week. So, you know. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But look, I, I don't think at the end of the day he's going to go anywhere. But it is an interesting debating issue. Mm. Um, the Essendon game needs. Huge. Absolutely huge. Huge. Um, I think we should win, but it would be a very Essendon thing to beat us, don't you think? Or just even to, to keep destroy. the margin down. Do you yeah. think that's just to, just Clancy, just trying to laugh <laughs> at you? Yes, yes, yes. Um, From beyond his, you know, finals... Great. Yeah, Essendon just likes to spoil the fun for everyone, don't they? Um, I personally think that they've lost all will to compete this season. I mean, the only thing is that it is Warsfold's last game. Yeah. But ultimately, they've just been so bad recently. But I, I think I recall a game a couple of years ago. Do you remember this game where Essendon really had nothing to play for and still beat us by like a couple of points? Well, they beat us when they had like the worst, they had the VFL seconds in. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> in round two. That was pretty bad. So I'm not super confident. Um my prediction is that we'll win, but but not by enough to make the St Kilda game matter. What do you think? I think that's probably right. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me maybe if we'd win by like 20 points or something, but then ultimately that's not enough. Yeah. I mean, look, we'll see how we go, but I don't think we've looked like a super high scoring team for most of this year. No, not at and, all. And Essendon does have a pretty reasonable defense still. I still right? think Hurley's Although, although they've been getting destroyed mm. in fairness. Um, so you reckon... Hibbard comes in this week? Yeah, back, Hibbard comes back into the lineup. I'm not sure who else should uh, should come in. Who do you think should go out? Um, that's a great question. I would say the choices would probably be Joel Smith. I agree. Or Jetta, I suppose. Yeah, I think Jetta probably goes out, to be I mean, honest. I don't know. I, I like having Jetta in. I mean, Joel Smith did all right. He played for Cameron for a portion of the game, and he looked pretty decent. But my heart's in my mouth whenever Joel Smith's anywhere near it. I know, In, de- I in defense. Um he just looks a lot better as a forward, but for whatever reason, they're playing him as a defender now. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
But yeah, we'll see. What a weird season it's been, honey. It's, so strange. It's been so up and down. We've had so many mood swings, even more than the usual season for, for Melbourne. Like, I've hated the club more than I've ever hated the club this year. But now we're still possibly on the verge of finals. It's absurd. And the thing is, is that if we do make finals after all that, yeah. I mean, where to from the club from there? Well, probably a, hun- a final against West Coast in Perth. Right, Which will probably get ugly. Which so could get ugly, but you know, this year's a weird year, and if you're in it, you're in it, you know, and a bit of luck and a bit of momentum. I'm not saying we'll win the premiership, but we could win a final or two. That's what's mm. weird about despite this year. Despite how disappointing the year has been, and despite yeah. losing to Fremantle and to Sydney. It's super strange. But, you know, thank you, Dee's fans, like you were watching this with just as much bemusement. Um, and, yeah, please join the Facebook community, um, Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan community. Um, and leave a review if you get a chance on iTunes. But after next week, where we're hopefully celebrating our bizarre run to finals, go Dees. Go Dees.